Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And as you turn there, Father, bless this word. God, may it be a, done by you, given through you. Lord, and open our ears to hear through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, that we'd be seekers of truth. And Lord, we would see the signs that you've come not once, but you're coming again. And that we'd share the good news of Jesus Christ as we leave this place today. And all God's people said, Amen. I want to talk to you about Christmas expectation for the month uh, that we're in here in Sanctuary. Christmas expectation. And this morning, I want to talk to you about signs, uh, seeking His signs. Seeking His signs. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. What are you expecting? What are you expecting? What are you seeking? And what does it mean to be expecting? Uh, it's just been a few years. Beth and I have two beautiful daughters. And uh, just a few years ago, we had our second one, Adelie. She's three now. And so I know a little bit in my memory, recent history, about expecting. So when you say, hey, what are you, are you expecting? Uh, automatically, it comes to my mind, are you expecting a baby? And I'm going to say, no, we're not. Uh, I told the first service, I said, if we have any more, then we're outnumbered. We're staying at two, and then we can fight on equal playing, right? So, uh, what are you expecting? Man, when a, a parents learn that they are pregnant, that they are expecting, there is this hope or anticipation that something good is going to happen in nine months. If everything goes according to the will of the Lord and everything turns out right, man, there's this excitement, there's anticipation that, man, something's going to be born that's going to bring joy uh, into our life. And there are signs along the way. So there's a hope, there's anticipation, but there's signs. You know, uh, body changes, the belly begins to grow. If you go to the doctor, you begin to hear the heartbeat. You know, there's cravings. I don't know what your cravings were, ladies, but you know, the statement, pickles and ice cream or whatever. You know, there's, there's signs that say, man, something's coming, something's happening, changes are happening, and in nine months, man, there's going to be some good news. And don't you know that every millennial parent, for sure, when they have the baby, Facebook world knows, Instagram knows, man. And if you're a grandparent, you have your phone, you say, this is the most beautiful grandchildren the world has ever seen. You begin to share the good news that, man, something wonderful has come into the world. Now, I want to take that thought, and how does that apply to you and me in the church today? Jesus has come once, but He is coming again. Something has been birthed, that is the church of Jesus Christ, and there have been signs along the way confirming that Jesus is coming very, very soon. And if we can have some hope and some anticipation that when He comes again, He's going to translate and transfer His church into be everything she has been called to be. We will be forever with the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. And those who are expecting should be sharing. Those who are expecting should be sharing. But what are you expecting? I think one of the major problems in the modern day church is that many we minister through all the things that we go through in life it makes us very apathetic I think there's a, a cold indifference over many uh, in the America, in the Western world today. There's a lot of people who are uninterested in what God is doing. They're not looking forward to what God is about to do. Even in the church, I, I have felt in the last five years specifically, just the spirit of apathy, indifference over the American church. Just this Okay, pastor, so what? What about me? What about my thing? What about what I'm going through? You don't know the heaviness that I have. 
You know, Jesus came to a very heavy, heavy world in the first century. But even still, there was a remnant of believers, a group of people who in one of the darkest days of Roman history, of ancient history, they were expecting with great anticipation that good news was about to come into the world. And I believe that can be the same for you and for me today. Even in a day like today, can we see the signs Can we have some hope-filled anticipation that Jesus has not only come once, but he's coming back again? And all God's people said, amen. Amen. So what are you expecting? What are you seeking? What are the signs that hope has been birthed in you? And are you joyfully sharing with others? Luke chapter 2, verse 8. If you're there, somebody say amen. amen. All right, let's talk about seeking shepherds, seeking shepherds. I'm in the New American Standard this morning. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. We'll go down to verse 20. So it says this, In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But an angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Everybody say joy. Great joy, which will be for all people, not some people, but all people. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He's not just some guy. He is the Messiah, Christ, the anointed one, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly there appeared an angel and a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angel had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Hey, let's go straight to Bethlehem and then see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry. Somebody say, in a hurry. They came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all, all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in their heart. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as had been told them. Lord, make this real to us this morning in Jesus' name. Lord, there is these shepherds, and shepherds in the ancient world were some of the lowest of the low. If you're in a class society, the shepherds are near the bottom, right right above women and slaves, okay? And so some, some believe that shepherds couldn't even account for witnesses because they were untrained. They couldn't even testify in court. And so, man, they're the lowest. And for God to come to shepherds, Luke is telling us that this Messiah has come to all men. He is a God, not of just the good people and the sons, He's the God to anybody, amen? He's for all people, for all nations. He's a God for the Jew and the Gentile alike. And he, he chooses, this God chooses to not only be born in a manger and a stable, but to announce his good tidings to some of the lowest people in that time period, in that context. And the angel come and he begins to announce to them good news, the gospel of great 
joy. Why? Because this Messiah, the word Christ means Messiah. Messiah means anointed one. So if somebody says Jesus Christ or Jesus Messiah, they're saying the same thing. Messiah and Christ both mean the anointed one. That is the office, an official position of the Savior King that was been prophesied from Genesis through the entire Old Testament through David, that he would come as a ruler who would stay on the throne of David forever. And he would bring salvation to the ends of the earth and bring peace on earth. And he would establish God's kingdom. Heaven would come to earth and God would reign through Israel and God would bring peace on all the nations and people would come to worship the Lord and everything would be made right again and undo all the things that had fallen in the garden. And that's what Messiah means. That's the God. This is like, oh my gosh, this is the thing that you know Adam wanted and Noah wanted and Moses wanted and David wanted and Solomon and all the prophets and they're like, Hey, dude, guys, I know you've got some sheep outside right now. Guess what? The biggest news in universal history has just come into view. Bethlehem. There's the guy, the main guy, the guy that everybody talks about. He's here. This isn't just some news. This is the greatest news since the fall in the garden. Now, we should get that excited again. We should be that anticipating the second coming of the greatest news in the history of the world. And he says, it's such good news, the angels don't even consider that they won't go look for it. He says, I know you're going to go, so here's the sign. Here's what I want you to know. You're going to go look for it. I know you're going to go, because this is the best news ever, guys. And he says, there's going to be a sign. There's going to be a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes or cloths. Now, we did that with our girls at... I don't really know what it's called because I'm a dad, but I just know it had Velcro on both sides. And so, like, man, when you put those kids at night, they don't move their arms and scratch their face off and plug out their eyes. You know, they put mittens on them. You put them in here. You wrap them up, and they soothe them. They're, they're wrapped up. They did that in the first century, so you ever wonder what swaddling clothes is? Man, that's just so they don't move, and they feel warm and cozy at night. But it says, not only is that, but he's going to be in a manger. What's a manger? A manger is an animal trough. If you've got horses or goats or pigs, you know what a manger is. It is a feeding trough for animals. And this guy from heaven, the Messiah, now he's coming to the guise of the lowly, and his royal birth is not in a palace, it's in a feeding trough, in the middle of a town of nowhere, Bethlehem. Why a feeding trough? But look what they said. He says, here's the sign, now go seek they assume they're going to go look because it's the best news in the world. And what did they do? They says it went straight and in a hurry. I love that. They went straight and in a hurry. They had to find him. And I think about that night. Can you imagine? You're just told to go to this city. And if you would know anything about that time, there was this census, right? So this census happened where everybody from, and if you're, if you're in David's family, if you're if from that town, your heirs, your ancestry.com tells you that's where your home people came from, right? So some of us have to go to Scotland or Ireland or wherever you came from or middle of the woods, Gina. I don't know. Wherever you come from, that's where you had to go to. And so you go there. And you take a census. Now, in that time, that town would have been full. Man, there would have been people sleeping on your couches, in your living room, because hospitality was the day. So if somebody comes to the town, you let them in your living room, you sleep in your back shed, you put them in your barn, your camper trailer, wherever you got to go. And then there's inns. Not like inns like we have, like hotels, but like these rooms where your animals and the people would sleep together, and you'd be safe from the cold and from robbers. And then in the back, a lot of times, they would put some animals in the back. Now they're saying, man, there's no room in the inn. There's people in tents everywhere sleeping on your front lawn and in the streets. People have just come, and they find that there's this 
stable, or so the tradition says it's a cave in the cliff of one of these hills, and that's probably where they were, in the animal trough. Now, you think about these guys, these shepherds, they're coming. There's this great big news. Go to Bethlehem. You'll find an, a manger. You know how many mangers there probably were? In Bethlehem, everybody had a donkey or a goat or a sheep or something. So, I mean, can you imagine how many hundreds or maybe thousands of mangers there might have been? And I can just imagine, you're, hey, we're on 3rd Street. Do you hear something? I think I hear a baby. I think he's on 2nd Street. You go to 2nd Street? Knock on that house. Maybe there's a baby in there. Or go to that tent over there. Or what about on this end? Anybody have a baby tonight? And you're like, dude, I'm asleep. What are you doing? And you just like, finally, God moves and they find this guy. And there's only, thank the Lord, there's only one baby in a manger that night. And they say, it's true. Everything the angel said has come to pass. What would have happened if they would have given up on 3rd Street? Man, they saw the sign. They sought him and they shared Heaven confirmed the word of God and their hearts began to overflow. You know, when we're talking about Christmas expectation, the word expectation means to look forward to something with anticipation. It is the opposite of being apathetic or indifferent or uninterested or unconcerned. It is with anticipation. They expected what they were going to find. They sought after it. They heard the signs. They saw the signs. And man, when they did it, man, the word of God was birthed in their heart and all they could do was worship. It says they begin to tell everybody what the angel told them and they begin to praise and glorify God all the way home. You know, when you encounter the word of God and Jesus becomes real to you, the natural response is simply to worship him. Just simply to worship him. Worship is the natural response of the word of God being revealed in your life. I want to talk to you about three things just really briefly this morning. Signs, seeking, and sharing. What sign are you expecting? How are you seeking? And what are you sharing? The first is signs. You know, just like these guys, now let's put all this into our onto us today. How do you apply this to your life? You know, just like there were signs for the first century audience to expect Jesus Christ, the Bible has given you and me many, many, even more convincing signs than a baby in an animal trough. Man, there has been tons of signs that Jesus is coming again. And I don't know how many of you have ever found something you weren't looking for. Sometimes you happen upon something like, I didn't even know I lost that. There's that thing. But most of the time when you find something, it's because you're looking for it. And what are the signs that you and I should be looking for? They were looking for a baby in a manger. What are you looking for? What is it that you're expecting? What is it that you're seeking today? Have you heard these stories? Uh, every time I hear one on the news, it just kind of blows my mind. And I'm not going to get into, you know, I'm not condemning people or judging people here. But, you know, I hear sometimes, you see on the news, this woman goes to hospital for pain in her stomach and finds out she's in labor. And I'm thinking, how does that work, right? I mean, didn't, and I want to say this, like, didn't you notice the signs? Right? Like the pickles and ice cream at three in the morning didn't give you a hint of something. You know, the, the pain in your stomach, the belly growing. Like you didn't, you didn't notice something was different in you. And it may be the end time church, we're going to deal with the same thing. I wonder, 
How many people will miss the signs that something is coming, something glorious, something good, something to be anticipated, that Jesus is coming again. And I want to be the ones that's got the bedroom ready, the crib is ready, the wall is painted. Man, everything in my heart says, yes, Jesus, I've been waiting these nine months. I've been expecting you to show up. And yeah, it's been sudden, like it was sudden for Mary on that night, but you can have something come suddenly, but also with expectation. How many hear me this morning? It can come suddenly. Man, our first child, we kind of had to wait a long time in the hospital to have that one. But the second one's like, oh my gosh, we got to get there right now. You know, like there's, there's the expectation it's coming. But man, it can happen suddenly. And God is looking for a church that when he comes suddenly, they have some expectation. How many people say, I'm going to be expecting? Expectation. What are the signs? God always confirms the word of God with signs. The first is this, signs of his divinity. If you look in scripture, man, his words proclaimed who he was. God's miracles through his life proclaimed him. God's voice out of heaven confirmed who he was. Three times in scripture, God spoke, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my son, listen to him. This is my son, I've glorified you and I'll glorify you again. God confirmed who Jesus was, not only with his divinity, but his his resurrection. There was an empty tomb. The Bible says there were 500 people that saw him raised from the dead, and many of them died on behalf of that testimony. Who would die for something that's not true? Would you die for some fake religion that you knew was made up? Man, this happened in the first century. But you would die for the truth of knowing Jesus is alive. All those apostles, except for John himself, died for the sake of the resurrection. Not for just who he was, but that he had been risen from the grave. They died for it. 500 people saw it. Not only that, there's the sign of the Holy Spirit. One of the greatest signs you can look to today is that the Holy Spirit is still doing many mighty things across the world. In Acts chapter 2, the sign of the Holy Spirit came and confirmed this is the day of the church. Man, the, the Holy Spirit came down in tongues of fire and people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something, that still happens today. People today are still being filled with the Holy Spirit. People are still speaking in tongues. Demons are still being cast out. Healings are still happening. People are still being raised from the dead, whether you and I see it here today or not. But the Holy Spirit is testifying today. The Bible says no one comes to the Father unless the Spirit is drawing him. Today, one of the greatest evidences that against mounting persecution and opposition, this church has never yet died. This thing is going forward. Churches are being planted in unknown territories. There are people being martyred today in China, in Russia, in Africa for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit is bearing witness. Jesus is coming again. This is not just about his first coming, it's about his second coming. This Holy Spirit is testifying. And Jesus said in the last days, there's many signs that would come. He said there'd be false messiahs and followings, and nations would rise against nation, wars and persecution of believers. In Luke 21, he said there'd be earthquakes and plagues and famines and terrors and signs from heaven. And he said even this, men would be in worry about the future of the earth. Yes, Jesus predicted people would be concerned about global warming. There would be people in the earth wondering, how is this all going to happen? Man, if the world keeps going like it's going to go, we're not going to be here very long. And he said there would be terror on the earth for people wondering at the signs of the globe. That things are not all like they should be. Something is going to happen. And men would be concerned about the seas and the hurricanes and the fires and the earthquakes and the tsunamis. Jesus said it, and that's a sign, church. Listen to me. He's coming again. He's coming again. And he says, these are signs, and there's going to be a great day. 
Or the Son of Man is going to come in the cloud and split the eastern sky, and every eye will see him coming in power and in glory. You know, you and I have to believe like these shepherds, enough to go out and seek him. It's not good news to you and to me unless we're moved to go out. You see, they just assumed that they would go. But maybe we've become apathetic or indifferent. Maybe we've been uninterested or unconcerned that he's coming again. Maybe we're unimpressed with this good news. We just be honest with ourselves and say, you know, I haven't really been moved by this story very much. I'm going to tell you something. He's coming. And there are many signs if you'll seek him. Secondly, a seek, and I love that they went straight away and in a hurry. You know, they had to find him. There's that hope and expectation of expectancy, man. They were, they were ready. Man, let's go find this guy. Wait, we, right now, drop what you're, I don't know, what happened to their sheep, right? You think about that? Like, there's like sheep running all over Bethlehem now because these guys said, it's worth leaving my sheep. My family's 401k is in those sheep. They let it go and they dropped what they had and they rushed. It says they went straight away in a hurry. It didn't say they had to go find somebody to watch their sheep. It didn't say they pinned them up. It said, the greatest news in universal history has just come into our lap. Drop your staff. Feline it to Bethlehem. And we're going. And it didn't just say that they just found him. We don't know how they found him. I just think about that. It's like, man, what if they had just stopped on 3rd Street and said, yeah, here, baby. Yeah, that's, that's probably him. Okay, let's go home. You know, I think about Christians today that we come into church and we believe the good news, but we don't believe it enough to go all the way until you counter Jesus, until you meet him, until you see him, until something of worship is birthed in you, that you keep seeking and seeking and seeking. You say, I'm on Third Street. I've met it. I hear him. I believe in him. But then I'm getting to Second Street. And yeah, man, I, I hear it even louder. And then you get to First Street and you get all the way to that stable, that cave, and you find, yes, He's real. I know it. I've seen him. I've met him. How many say amen to that? Man, don't you, don't you want to just not stay where you are, but just keep seeking him? And the good news about seeking Jesus is that I can seek him yesterday, I can seek him today, and I can still seek him tomorrow. That it's not just a one-time done deal. That I'm going to seek him until he comes. Paul says that we all see in a mirror dimly right now. But in 1 Corinthians he says, but then we will see him face to face. Meaning I'm going to keep seeking and I'm going to keep seeking and I'm going to keep pressing in. How do you do that? That means every morning to get up and look in that eastern sky and say, you know what, today could be the day that Jesus comes. It means you can seek him by opening up your word in the Bible and, and seek him every day in your scripture. You can come to a church service like this and just seek to find him all over again and let that hope be birthed again in you. Let that excitement be stirred up again and say, I'm not being apathetic. I'm not going to be uninterested. I'm not going to live off of of yesterday's seeking. I'm going to seek him fresh and anew today. I want to encounter Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Yeah. You know, Jesus said the reason many people will not be seeking him in the last days is they will be self-seeking. You know, Matthew, he said it this way. He said, be on the alert. You do not know which the day is that the Lord is coming. But be sure of this. If the head of the house had known what time and the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert. He would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, you must be ready. Everybody say ready. You must be ready for the Son of Man is coming. He is 
coming. He is coming. He is coming. I'm going to say it 30 times if I have to get it into your head. He is coming, and he's coming at an hour you do not expect. He's coming to a church that is persistently seeking him by faith. He said, will a son of man find faithfulness when he comes? Will he find persistent people like that persistent widow? Will he find people who are every day, God, I'm looking for you. God, I'm looking for you. God, I'm ready for you. Come, Lord Jesus. Father, I'm seeking you today. Maybe you need to look for Jesus in your daily routine. Maybe you need to look for him in your trials. Maybe you need to get up every day and look towards that eastern sky and say, maybe today's the day. Keep seeking him. Till you see him. Lastly, as this is share, just like those parents, man, who when that baby is born, they cannot help but share. Can you imagine nobody telling anybody? You know, like, no, and it's on Facebook. You're calling CNN News. This baby's been born in Alexandria, Louisiana. You know, like, I mean, they're wanting to share with everyone the joy of what God has given them. And so were the shepherds. Man, when they saw him, it was like heaven just confirmed the words. Man, the signs told us we sought him, and now we cannot help but share about him. You know, no pastor, no worship team, no pastor can, can wow you enough to make you worship God. No worship team can woo you enough to make you worship God. Only until Jesus is birthed in you, until you see him for who he is, only Jesus can make you a worshiper. Only Jesus can make you a worshiper. Maybe today what we're lacking is true, authentic encounters with Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not talking about a pastor coming and pushing you down on the floor. I'm talking about you, even in an alone time in your car, just having a real moment with Jesus. You in your bed at night, just having a real moment with Jesus. You drinking your coffee, just saying, yes, God, something is alive in me. I have met you. And it makes you want to go tell your coworkers that day and your family and lead your children that way and be a better spouse and a better mom and a better dad. Just say, you know what? I have met Jesus and the world notices. How can you share the good news? So just give me two, two things that they did and let's close. The first is, it says, they told everybody around them what the angels told them. You know, I, uh, by nature, I'm a very, very shy person. I don't think you can tell right now. But I'm a very, very shy, introverted person by nature until the Lord got a hold of me. And I'm not good at evangelism. That is really one of my, I'm a pastor, teacher. You know, I like to start and advance and do missions and all that. But man, evangelism, talking to strangers, that is not my strength. I'm not real good at that. I work on it and I try to do better at it, but that's not a natural strength of mine. And sometimes when I was younger, I used to get intimidated about sharing the gospel. We went door to door outreaching and I'm knocking on those doors and I love going door to door now, but man, I hated it when we started uh, as, a, as a staff pastor. And you knock and I have no clue what to say to this person. But you know what? One of the things I love about this passage, it says they simply retold the message told to them. Hey, guess what? I heard an angel. This is what the angel said. You know, what if we just stopped trying to be a preacher and stop trying to be an evangelist and just told people what you learned in the Bible? Just come to church, listen to what the pastor said, and just tell somebody on Monday, hey, guess what my pastor talked about on Sunday? Hey, did you, did you know that in the Bible an, a manger is an animal trough? That's what we learned on Sunday. And just begin a conversation to tell someone what the Word of God has told you. You don't have to be a biblical expert and memorize 30,000 verses and have gone to 
seminary, but just what has God told you? You know, I was reading in Scripture this week, and did you know the Bible says in Psalms 32, yada, 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 yada? Or just tell someone, talk to your coworker, talk to your kids, talk to your mom or your aunt or your uncle, your cousins, and just tell someone, what has the Word of God told you? That's the first thing I challenge you with. This week, what can you tell someone from this message that God has talked to you about? Second is this, is that when they encountered him, it says because of the, their encounter with him, they were so amazed at what God had confirmed that they had seen salvation. They said, man, salvation has come to the world. Man, our salvation is here. The thing in the day I've looked for, man, we were nobodies, but now we're somebodies in Jesus and we're saved because this guy is here. And it says they went out glorifying and praising God. The natural response to the word of God being manifest in your life is worship. No one is going to make that happen in you but Jesus. I cannot preach good enough to make you a worshiper. This team cannot sing good enough to make you a worshiper. But man, when you encounter Jesus Christ in a real and personal way, you cannot help but be changed by it. It was almost 20 years ago probably, I mean on a Tuesday night, I met God in a real powerful way at a lo little church in Farmington, Missouri. And from that day when I really, I'm talking real, I, I've loved the Lord my whole life and I grew up in church. But man, there was one night where I really encountered God in the most tangible and powerful way in an altar. And from that day, I left everything to follow Him. It was a beginning. I wasn't perfect. I didn't have it all together. I didn't really know anything about ministry. I wasn't even planning to go to ministry. But God began to do something in me that, man, it changed me. It changed me. I was the most introverted, shy. I, I had to take Pepto-Bismol to go to speech class, y'all. I'm telling you, man, to get on a crowded bus of people made my nerves. My, my, I would just, I would be a nervous wreck just to go to school, just to get on a, a bus of crowded people. And what if I miss the bus? What if I get off on the wrong stop? What am I going to do? I just anxiety. Man, feel with anxiety, but man, when you meet Jesus, it changes you. It changes you. And maybe today you haven't truly encountered him. Maybe you've been on Third Street. You believe in him. You've heard about him, but you've never really met him in a real and powerful way. And I'm going to tell you, just go all the way. Go all the way with Jesus. Because when you encounter Jesus... You will no longer be apathetic. You will no longer be indifferent. You will no longer be uninterested. You will be changed. Signs confirm him. Seekers find him. And sharers proclaim him. If you are expecting him, you'll be sharing him. If you are expecting Jesus, you will be sharing Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand all across this room and our worship team to come. Maybe today you are, if you'd be honest with yourself, that man, Pastor Heath, it is very easy in this world to be apathetic. And lately I've kind of been indifferent. I've been overwhelmed by life struggles and tribulations. I've, it's been dark. You know, it was dark in the first century. Now that silent night, it was, it was a horrible time to be a Jew. But there were some people who were seeking after the Lord. There were some shepherds on a hill who were waiting for a Messiah. And it wasn't, life wasn't fair and it wasn't always good. And you know, church, today we have gone through hard times and tribulations and there may be more to come. But God is looking for true worshipers to seek Him. 
He is looking for those who are excited about His return, who are ready. And maybe today you need to re-encounter Jesus. Maybe today joy needs to be birthed in your heart over again. Maybe there needs to be something where God has put something alive in you again to where you're saying, I know He's come once, but He's coming again. That Jesus has come, and He's coming again. Maybe there's places in my heart that have grown cold or indifferent. Maybe I need to just say, Lord, I'm letting those things pass away. Like Paul says, I'm pushing everything behind me. Count it all as rubbish for the goal, for the sake of that upward call, that prize that is in Christ Jesus, that I might know Him. But if by any means I might attain that resurrection and be with Him forever, that, that I'm pressing on. I'm pressing in. I see the signs. I'm seeking Him. And when you find Him, you won't help but share Him. You'll be a worshiper. You'll be a worshiper. There'll be a joy that comes in your life again. Is there joy in your life? Is there anticipation? Is there expectation? Would you find Him today? Would you just press in right now, all across this room, every head bowed, every eye closed? I'm just going to ask you just to begin to seek the Lord. Maybe today you don't know the Lord. Maybe today you've been at a distance from Him and you, you know and you believe that Jesus is available. You've believed in the, the Word from heaven. You believe in the signs. And you've got to experience Him for the first time today that you would just say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, that I know that Jesus has paid the price for my sins on the cross, that I am saved only by His good works and His grace, that there is nothing I could do to ever get closer to Jesus. But Jesus, I know you are willing to get closer to me. So I lay my life down. I surrender my cares and concerns. I surrender my control to you. And I come to you as a worshiper. Lord, that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit and birth in me something new. And if you just begin to confess your dependency on Him, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will meet you. He will make you born again and alive in Christ. There'll be something new that happens in you and the Holy Spirit will confirm it. And you'll know that you know that you know that you are a child of God, to cry out, Abba, Father, that He is your Father, that you are saved, you are His child. And if you don't have that peace and you don't have that hope, you can have it right now. Maybe you just need to keep seeking Him till you find Him. He, if you knock, the door will be opened. If you ask, you'll receive it. Just begin to right now, just say, Lord, I'm leaving everything behind. Lord, and I'm seeking You by faith. And you just keep seeking Him until there's a Holy Spirit moment in your life where God births something anew. Or maybe you're here today, church, and you say, man, I, I love Jesus. But Lord, I need to get that joy back again for His coming again. I need to have a song in my heart a song in my heart. And you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm in, I'm in one of those two. I'm just here to say, Lord, I want to recommit this Christmas season, God, to just be filled with joy of expectation. How many people just every eye clo head bowed, every eye closed, you say, raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm going to pray for joy of expectation. I'm going to pray, Lord, that I'm going to, I want that birthed in me again. Just an excitement that Jesus is coming again. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Worthy are you, Father. You see these hands, you know these hearts. God, that you'll do something, Lord, right now in this moment. Let's just make a holy moment. we got plenty of time this morning. Can we make a holy moment? I'm going to ask you just to begin to lift your voices in prayer. You're a saint of God. We just begin to worship Him. Uh, if you know how to praise the Lord, you just begin to praise Him right now in this room. Let's just make a moment of praise. Can we just give a moment of thanksgiving all across this room? Let's just begin to lift our voice and say, Thank you, Jesus, Lord, that you're coming again. Thank you, Lord, for saving our souls. Thank you, Lord God. But we don't be self-seekers. We seek you, Lord God. Holy Spirit, come. 
Holy Spirit, come move in this moment. Saturate our souls, oh God. Make this a holy moment, Lord, that you restore joy. Lord, I speak joy in the midst of tribulation. God, I speak healing in the midst of hurts. God, I speak restoration, Lord, for those that are going through hard times. God, that you will bring an excitement that Jesus is going to make all things new, all things right. God, we praise you. Praise you, Lord. Holy Spirit, God, we just ask you right now, Lord, every heavy heart be lifted to you. Every heavy heart be lifted to you. You're, you. You need to make it right with Jesus. You need to get pressed in. I just, right now, this is your moment. Don't worry about anybody else in this room. Some people, Lord, if, if they want to remain apathetic or indifferent or unconcerned or unmoved by this message, let that be on them. But you, right now, I'm talking to you. Where are you? You want more? Do you want more of Jesus to behold Him anew today? We're going to ask the worship team to play this song. It's called Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. And to me, it's this appropriate response that like these shepherds, we, if we really encounter Him, man, we have a song to sing in these days. That Man, what a hope, what a joy that we've found Jesus. Can we sing this together? And then we'll come back and pray. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Blessed assurance. 